Hello, and welcome to the Sapona Road Church Podcast. Today is a great day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we are excited that you've taken time to join with us as we hear from God's Word. We exist as a church to spread the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We hope that today's message encourages and blesses you and helps you to grow and mature in your walk and relationship with Him. The Word of the Lord is powerful and life-changing, so let's see our lives transformed as we listen to today's message. Uh, I want to talk to you a little while today. Uh, Last week, I talked about the power of the Word of God and the things that it has the power to do. And uh, today, I'm going to be talking about the power of the blood of Christ. And uh, I, um, I'm not really sure why uh, these messages have been on my heart to share, but it's just um, sometimes we just forget the simplicity of the gospel and the simple things, the powerful. They're, not, they're simple, but that doesn't mean that they're not big. But the powerful things that, that uh, Jesus has uh, has done for us and provided for us. And so I'm going to read from John 1, verse uh, 29. And I think I I brought a different version than what I gave him, so I'll read it off the screen too. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So Lord, we just ask your blessing upon uh, this message. Uh, So last week we talked about... um, the power of the Word of God. And uh, this week I was reading, doing some reading, and I, and I came across, um, uh, I probably should have brought the book because it had uh, the different scriptures too, but it was, it was talking about the prophecies in the Bible and the way that Jesus fulfilled everyone as Messiah. And uh, in, just to give you some perspective on this so that we can understand how accurate the Word of God is and how unbelievable our Savior is, that He fulfilled every prophecy. And so there's a, I think there's around 300 prophecies. I know there's over 100, but there, there's, so there's hundreds of prophecies. And uh, Jesus fulfilled every single one of them. And uh, sometimes, because, you know, the world tells you that it's silly to believe the gospel. It's silly to trust the Word of God, that, you know, you should trust the science. We all learned a lot about that over the past couple of years, about how much you can trust science. But... They, they tell you all this stuff, and, and, and the reality of it is, is there's plenty of evidence. Just like, I guess they sung about the whole message today. They sung about evidence. They sung about the blood. But uh, we, there's evidence to, that, that shows that uh, Jesus is the Messiah. And so in this, the, he fulfilled all the prophecies. And so someone would, they, you would think, what is the, the chances of that happening? I don't know because there's like 300. But this, this mathematician did a study to see what was the probability of a person being able to fulfill eight of the prophecies. Now remember, there's hundreds. He just took eight of them. And I don't know what kind of equation he came up with, but for a person to just by coincidence fulfill eight of these prophecies, the chances of that is uh, one in, uh, in 100 quadrillion. And so that is 10 to the 17th power, if that makes it any better. Not really, but... But so to, to give you a perspective of this, to get... Uh, if you had $100 quadrillion, you could spend a million dollars every second 
and it would take you 3,168 years before you ran out of money. Uh, if you were to, and it's the chances of just one of those dollars. And uh, so if you put it this way, if you were to lay $1 bills on top of each other and stack them from the earth to the sun, you would have to create 73 stacks of dollar bills. That's 93 million miles to the sun, I think. So you would have 73 stacks, 93 million miles high. And it would be like there being one of those bills marked with an X in it. And then I just say, go get, the, go get the dollar with the X on it. And your chances of actually getting it out of that stack of, uh, of money. That is the, the chances of someone fulfilling just eight of the prophecies. And Jesus uh, fulfilled every single one of them. And so the world will try and get you to not believe and not trust and say, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to put all your faith in that. What if you're wrong? What if this? It doesn't make any sense not to put your faith in Christ. It really is the, the, the not educated, the uneducated thing to do to just pass it off of, the, oh, that's just a book. Oh, that was just a man. When all the evidence points to that it was, this book is much more than just a book and he was much more uh, than a man. And so people think that you're missing out. They'll call you naive. They'll call you uh, ignorant. They'll call you, uh, what, what, is all, what is the bad stuff they call, call a bigot? They'll call you all kind of things because if you just say Christ is the only way, people get up, upset about that and they say, you're just missing out. I've had people say, you're just missing out on so much stuff. You just haven't experienced so many things that there are around, uh, around the world. But... What greater experience could you have than to have a relationship with the one who created the world? And, and there, you know, so one of these, the big concerns that people have is, you know, missing out on things. And we talk about, even in this country, we talk a lot about people being underprivileged. Uh, we talk about children being underprivileged, whether they, um, they don't have the right kind of food, they don't have the right kind of clothing, they don't have the finances, they don't have the right kind of housing or opportunities, education, all kinds of things. We, there, there's a lot of money that goes into trying to fix this stuff or supposed to go into trying to fix it. And, and uh, all these are terrible realities that, that are going on all over the world and going on even here in America. And there's a lot of hurting people out there in fortunate circumstances. And my heart goes out to those people. But, but what I want to propose is that there are, there are even more children than just, just kids in these situations that are underprivileged because despite the physical things that any of us may be lacking in our, in our lives, the underprivileged child is the child who never hears about Jesus, the child who grows up in a home where Jesus is never, uh, never mentioned. So you can have a nice home and you can, you can have nice clothes. You can give your child can have the, the greatest education and greatest opportunities, all those, all those different things. But if Christ is not in the home, then they're underprivileged. If Christ is not known, then they're, then they're missing, missing out. If Christ is not in the home, that, that child is underprivileged no matter how uh, you decide to put it. On the other hand, you can take a child that maybe comes from a, a modest home, maybe even a poor home, with few privileges and opportunities. But if Christ is in that home, if the knowledge of God is in that home, then that child is greatly blessed. That, that child is set up to do some amazing things, not just in life, but for the kingdom of God. And there are probably people here today that come from all the different backgrounds. Maybe, um, maybe you're, you were blessed with all kinds of stuff and Christ was in the home. Maybe you were blessed, but you never heard about Jesus till you're older. Maybe, you know, whatever, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
What's heartbreaking is to just think about all the thousands and thousands of homes in every city across this country where Jesus is not honored and he's not even mentioned. And think about all those underprivileged children uh, where Christ is not in the home at all. No Christian examples to follow. No, no godly instruction ever, ever given. No parents to bring them to church. No parents to, to read the Bible to them or to, to pray over them. And then we wonder why people act the way that they do. Why we have the issues that, that we have. Why our country's in the shape that it's in. It's because we've left Jesus out of the home. And we're not putting him as a top priority. We've been so concerned with everything else that we've forgotten about the Savior. And what we're seeing, we're seeing the results of children that were underprivileged now as adults raising children that are even more underprivileged than they were. Because now not only did they not grow up in a home without Christ, now they're growing up in homes filled with anger and strife and all kinds of things going on. See, we're so concerned with informing our kids about salaries and how to make more money and savings accounts and, and education and and we never take the time to tell them about sin or about the Savior or talk about eternity and what it all really means. And we need to put a stop to it. It's time for at least those of us in the church to stop raising underprivileged children. And that, that goes for in our homes as well as in the church because there are a lot of underprivileged people out there in the sense that I'm talking about. And we need to be able to, we need to be ready and able to share with them when they come looking for our help because they've never heard about Christ, because we do serve a wonderful Savior. And we need to share Him with the world. We need to share Him with our, our families. And so today I want to talk about the power of His blood, the power of the blood of Jesus. And, and uh, you know, we tell our kids constantly how important school is and how, a good, uh, how much a good education can do for them and open up opportunities for them. And and I was thinking about this this week. We start from the time that they can even talk, trying to get them to learn how to count to 10, trying to get them to learn their ABCs. They have no clue what we're talking about. They're just repeating the sounds that we're making. They don't really know what numbers are or letters are, but we're trying to get them, oh, you know, they've got, the, the person thinks that if they teach that kid to count to 10 really soon, like that kid's gonna be, that's just automatically make them a genius one day. And some, sometimes it doesn't always, always work that, that well. But, but we, we get to this, we're like, oh, count to 10. Come on, one, two. We spent all this time talking to this kid about stuff that they have no clue what we're talking about. But do we talk to them about Jesus in that same way? I was thinking about me with uh, Stephen and Hannah, and, and uh, I did the same stuff. We all do it. They're barely saying mama and dada and you're trying to get them to count to 10 and do their ABCs. But I was thinking I couldn't remember me just having a serious conversation with them about the Lord. I felt like I needed to wait until they were old enough to understand what I was talking about. Well, they didn't understand the ABCs. They didn't understand math. They didn't understand counting, but I still would talk to them about it. But why, didn't, why don't we have that same passion it, we, know, we say, we come to church and we say that we know that real success is having a relationship with Christ. Oh, that's the most important thing, that my kid would have a relationship with Christ, that they would raise godly children and they would put God first and they will all be together in heaven one day and we'll all be worshiping around the throne. But then we spend so little time ever talking to our kids about that while we're trying to teach them, count to 10, say your ABCs. 
And right now, I mean, your phone autocorrects everything you spell anyways. You don't even really need to know how to spell anymore. But you better know Jesus, right? But, but honestly, when, when that little baby's there, did we, have we ever sat and just told them about a, what a Savior is available to them when they get a little older? That he, they can't wait, for, can't wait for you to have a relationship with Jesus. I can't wait for you to give your heart to Him and be, be born again and be renewed. I can't wait for, I can't wait for how you, I'm going to teach you so much about what He is. But we don't do it. We don't think about it. It all comes back to a re, renewed mind. Do we tell them about the blood that He shed for them? Do we tell them about what a Savior it is that we, that we serve? And so I found this book. I find some weird books, but... I wrote this down because I can't remember the book, but it actually goes from A to Z describing Jesus. So if you want to teach that little baby the ABCs, you can try this. And uh, I'm going to read it to you. So before, before I get into the blood, I want to I read this to you because I want you to have a, a picture in your mind. I want you to have an appreciation of what all that, that Jesus uh, is and all that he has done. And so uh, A is Almighty Savior to liberate us. B, bruised Savior to redeem us. C, comely Savior to adorn us. D, divine Savior to bless us. E, eternal Savior to secure us. F, faithful Savior to keep us. G, great Savior to deliver us. H, holy Savior to sanctify us. I, indwelling Savior to rule us. J, joyous Savior to gladden us. K, kind Savior to crown us. L, living Savior, to be with us. M, mighty Savior, to enable us. N, near Savior, to guard us. O, overcoming Savior, to defend us. P, providing Savior, to enrich us. Q, quickening Savior, to change us. R, righteous Savior, to clear us. S, strong Savior, to uphold us. T, tried Savior, to befriend us. U, unlimited Savior, to save us. V, virtuous Savior to purify us. W, wise Savior to teach us. X, excelsior Savior, no other like him. Y'all were all wondering what X was going to be, I'm sure. Y, yearning Savior to sympathize with us. And Z, zealous Savior to serve us. We serve an amazing Savior. Jesus is unbelievable. And I want to take a quick look at the blood of Christ today. I want us to look at it and see what it has the power uh, to do because there's power in the blood of Jesus. And we need to know about power of the blood if we're going to know the power of God. See, we, we, some people well, are knowing the power of the Word of God, are knowing the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, the power of prayer, all those things. It's all dependent upon our knowing the power of the blood of Christ. Because if the blood didn't work, it doesn't, none of the else even matters. If, if the blood didn't do its job, then there's no need to go any further than that. We need to know the power of the blood of Christ because it's perfect and it's done what it's supposed to do. And so number one, there's, there's not 10 this week. There's only six. There's only six. First of all, the blood of Christ is a perpetuation for sin. Romans 3.25 says, whom, whom God set forth as a perpetuation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. And so in the, in the earlier verses in this chapter, uh, Paul has already proven all men to be sinners. 
All men are sinners. And we know that, that God is holy. We know that God doesn't like sin. And so if God hates sin, then His wrath for sin, it has to strike something. It has to strike somewhere. So what hope is there for any of us if we're all sinners? If we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, what is our hope? And so we find that hope in verse 25. There is hope for us because God Himself has provided for us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. See, when we're covered by the blood, then the wrath of God at, towards sin strikes Him instead of striking us. That's what the blood does for us. See, all of God's wrath at the believer's sins is fully appeased. It's fully satisfied in the blood of Jesus Christ. And see, it's because of the blood of Christ that God can deal so mercifully with the world. 1 John 2 verse 2 says, And He Himself is the perpetuation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. See, all of God's dealings in mercy with, with man, uh, with any man, since this, they're on the ground of the shed blood of Christ. It's all because of the blood. If it had not been for the shed blood of Jesus, God could never have dealt in mercy with the sinner. It's the only way. And so aren't you glad that the blood has the power to be that for us today? The second thing, number two, uh, also through the power of the blood of Christ, we have our redemption. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So we have redemption through His blood. Forgiveness of sins has already been secured. It's already been provided for every believer in Christ by the power of the blood of Jesus. There's a story of a, this older woman who is basically in her last days. She's, a, she's been told that she's passing away. And uh, one of the leaders from the church comes to see her. Now, uh, sometimes it's not easy going to visit people that aren't feeling well. Sometimes it's hard to try and figure out what to, to you know, you're not sure how the conversation is going to go because you don't know how, how sick they are and you don't know how much they want to talk or how much they just want you to sit there or how much they'd rather you not even be there and you just need to say, hey, bye and leave. And so he comes in, the same thing, he don't know what to do. Now imagine he's been told this lady's passing away. And so he goes in to talk to her, and this is the best introduction he can come up with. He said, hey, they tell me you're dying. So I, don't, I think this probably upset her a little bit, but not in a bad way. She already come to terms with the, where she was at in life, but uh, she decided to teach the preacher a lesson a little bit. And so he says, well, they tell me you're dying. And she says, yes. And so he said, well, have you made your peace with God? She said, no. And now he don't know what to think. He says, well, well aren't you afraid that, to meet God without making your peace with him? And she says, no, not at all. And it was just, just, she don't give him anything. And so uh, now, he's, now he's kind of flipping out. He doesn't know what to do about it. So he gets upset and he's like, look, woman, don't you realize that you only have a short time to live and you'll soon meet a holy God? Yeah. Yeah, I realize that. He said, and you're not afraid? Not at all. So she says, and you've not made your peace with God? She says, no, sir. Still won't give the man nothing. And so 
he just don't know what to do. And finally, he's at a loss. He says, well, what, what do you even mean? He's, he's through being polite. And now a big smile comes across her face. And she says, I've not made my peace with God because I don't need to. Jesus Christ made peace more than 2,000 years ago by the blood of his cross. And I'm simply resting in the peace that he made, Pastor. Now, he couldn't get mad at her because she was dying. But uh, I don't think she appreciated the way he came in the room. So she decided to have a little fun and teach him one last lesson before it was her, her time to go. Because it's true. If we are believers in Christ, then we can rest in that same peace today. The peace that the blood has provided. Because in him we have redemption through his blood. Number three, there's also power in the blood of Christ to justify. Romans 5 verse 9 it says, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from, the wrath, from wrath through him. Every believer in Christ is justified by his blood. If we've been born again, if we've accepted him, and justified means more than just forgiven or cleansed. See, forgiven means that our sins are put away, that we're, uh, we're regarded as if we have not, not sinned. But justification means that we're made righteous. That we're made, even that we're made perfect, uh, uh, perfect righteousness of Christ is put to our account. It's something completely different. See, it's a good thing to be stripped of vile, filthy rags, but it's an even better thing to be clothed in garments of beauty and splendor. That's what the blood does. See, with forgiveness, we're, we're stripped of the stinking rags of our sins, but with justification, we're clothed with the glory and the beauty of Jesus Christ. See, when Jesus shed his blood for our sins, he took our place. And when we believe in him, we get to step into his place. And that's a powerful thing because there's power in the blood to justify. Number four, the blood of Christ also has the power to cleanse the conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Hebrews 9 verse 14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God... Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. See, when a, when a person wakes up to the fact that, um, that they're a sinner and that God is holy, they begin to feel um, like they need to do something to please God. It, it happens to a lot of people. They start feeling like they need to do something to atone for that sin that's in their, their life. They feel like you, you got to do something but see, all the works that you do are going to be dead works. You're not going to be able to atone for your sin. It's like uh, what Jonathan was just saying up here. Even if he only paid for half, you couldn't even afford the other half. There's nothing that you're going to be able to do. Martin Luther spent years seeking for peace this way, but he couldn't find it. And it's going to be the same way with us. You're not going to find it either. But see, when we see the power of the blood, we understand the power of the blood of Christ and how it is already perfectly atoned for sin, how it's already redeemed us and justified us, and that we're already pleasing to God because of the shed blood of Jesus. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that Jesus has done. That's when our consciences are cleansed from the guilt and the burden of these dead works, and we become free to serve the living God. It's not an excuse to be lazy. We still have works to do. We still have amazing things to do for the kingdom, but it's a different, it's, it's a different mindset. One day there was this uh, older, wise Christian. I got this from a book too, if you're wondering. And uh, he, there was this young Christian that was like trying to please God with everything he had. 
And this guy was working himself to death. He's doing all kinds of works, always going, going, going. And the, uh, the older Christian looked at him and, and said, hey, you have a religion of two letters, but my religion is four letters. And uh, I was trying to figure it out when I first read that because immediately I thought of four letters. I thought he was talking about love. And I could not figure out the two letters, so I kept reading. And the guy couldn't figure it out either, so he says, well, how was that? He says, your religion is due, but my religion is done. And there's a difference in it. He said, you're trying to, to rest in what you can do, but I'm resting in what Jesus has already done. And there are a lot of people that are they're, they're trying to live for the Lord. They're trying to do amazing things, but they don't realize that everything's do, do, do. You got, got to do this, got to do that. See, there are a lot of people that have never allowed the blood of Christ to cleanse their conscience from dead works, to allow them to be free to actually work for the Lord the way that they desire to. See, they always feel like they need to do something to atone for their sin. They always need to do more, and guess what? They're always going to feel that way until the blood's applied. See, if you're a believer, then when God looks at you, He sees the blood. It's already done. You don't have to do a bunch of dead works because of the bondage of fear, but you're free to serve the living God out of love and gratitude and do all kinds of amazing things for His kingdom. Number five, the blood of Christ has the power to give the believer boldness to enter into the presence of God. Hebrews 10, verse 19 and 20. It says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest, uh, the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh. Enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. See, in the old uh, Jewish days of the tabernacle and the temple of God, um, God would manifest Himself in the most holy place. And only one Jew was allowed to enter in this place and only once a year. But now because of the shed blood of Jesus, because of the blood that's been applied, anyone that believes in Him has the right to approach God. Anywhere, at any time, we can approach the Father. Because of the shed blood of Christ, we can enter into His presence with boldness and without fear, knowing that it's all because of what Jesus has done. And number six, the final one. Finally, the blood of Christ has the power to give those that believe in Him a right to the tree of life and entrance into the city of God. Revelation 22, verse 14. says, Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. See, the shed blood of Jesus, it opens to us again the way to the tree of life and to the new Jerusalem. See, the blood regains for us all that Adam lost through sin. It's all regained. It brings us even more than was lost. When God restores, He always restores better than it was before. See, there's still power in the blood of Christ today. And see, Christianity without the blood of Jesus is Christianity without mercy for the sinner. Christianity without peace for the conscience, without forgiveness or justification. Christianity without the blood uh, is Christianity without cleansing, without boldness in approaching God, and it's Christianity without power. Without the blood, there is no Christianity. I said none of the other stuff is even going to matter if the blood didn't work, but we know that it did. And see, so we can't know the fullness of power in this Christian life without first 
knowing the power of the blood and knowing all that it has provided for us. We can't know the power of the Spirit without knowing the power of the blood. See, there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the, the blood of the Lamb. But the question is, is, do you know that power? Have you let that power in your life the way that you ought to have let it? Or have you just, or have you just been doing a religion of do? Or you keep on going over and, and over again? I think about a, a lot of people, and even times in my life where I've done that, that same thing. You know, I, I, I've received Christ, but have I let His blood wash over me? Have I applied the blood? Uh, have, I, have I really thought about what it means to have uh, the Savior inside of me, living and in, in dwelling in me? Am I walking in the fullness of that power? Am I experiencing the power in His Word like we talked about last week? Or am I just going through the motions of church? I don't think any of us want to just go through, go through the motions of church and get caught up in, in dead religion. And that can, that can be anything. We like to point at other people's bad, uh, you know, bad habits or bad theology and talk about dead religion, but it happens to all of us. Say, so have you really understood the power of the blood and let it be applied to your life today in every, in every area? There's some of the areas that maybe you've been struggling in or that you've been having questions and doubts about. Have, have you not even thought about the fact that the blood's already taken care of it? You're worrying about something that doesn't exist. You're worrying about something that doesn't matter. You're worrying about something that's already been provided. Most of the time, that's what we are worrying about when we, when we sit down and we, we actually break it down. But I believe that if we will get in this Word and that we'll understand and let it teach us even more about the power of the blood of Jesus and all that He's already provided, we won't spend so much time begging for things for Him to do. We'll start walking in the things that He's already done. And when that happens, then you're just coming into opportunity after opportunity, just like Jesus and the, and the disciples did. Yeah, you're still going to pray and you're still going to ask and you're still going to have a hunger. That's, that's the amazing thing about the, the having a hunger for the, for the kingdom. It's different than a, than a physical hunger. Because a physical hunger, the more you eat, the more you get full. You, get, you, get, you can't take anymore. But a spiritual hunger, the more that you eat, the more your hunger grows. And so it's a continual thing where you just, you just start wanting more and you just start wanting more, but it's in, a, it's in a good way. And so I'm thankful for the power of the blood of Christ today, and I want to see every person in here walking in every promise that has been provided through that blood. If you would just bow your heads with me. And I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer for just a moment. And Lord, we just... Thank you for your presence here today, God. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that the blood has not lost its power. Lord, I just thank you, even for that old song, Are You Washed in the Blood? Lord, that's the question for today. Or have we been washed in the blood? Have we let the blood be applied to every area of our lives? Lord, you've provided so much. Lord, if we would just access it. And so I just... Uh, pray today, Lord, we just repent for those times we've neglected your word, we've neglected the blood, that we've, we've forgotten all that Jesus has done. Lord, maybe that's even why when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me, of taking the blood and taking the bread and the communion, God, we, Lord, how many times have we forgotten? How many times have we not remembered what he provided through his broken body, what he provided through the blood that was shed for us? 
Lord, help us never forget. Help us to never take for granted. God, but to apply that blood to every part of our lives. It's only through the blood, Lord. We just thank you for it. God, I just pray that each and every one of us would begin to feed that spiritual hunger, God. Lord, and let it grow and grow. Let's go after you with all that we are. We are so happy that you joined us today. If you are interested in learning about or giving to this ministry, you can find more information at saponaroadchurch.com. If you are local to the Fayetteville, North Carolina area, our meeting times are 1045 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7 o'clock p.m. Wednesdays for our connect groups. From all of us here at Sapona Road Church, we hope that you have a great day as you walk in the Lord's favor and blessing.